It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks, and we are talking about important issues, having conversations about that every Monday through Friday. Welcome. It is great to have you here. We've got a a fabulous show planned for you today. Uh, We're going to go through some headlines, and uh, then we are going to be talking with Jim Lewis. He's going to be back. He is a licensed professional counselor with South, uh, Southwest Counseling Associates. And we're going to be talking about mental health. Uh, you know, that is a kind of a buzzword in our society today. We have lots of things that are going on, uh, and I think that there's some underlying things to really be concerned about. But let's talk about mental health. And uh, so we'll, we will be doing that in the third and fourth segment. And uh, we'll talk about some headlines in the first and second segment. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, well, let's, let's, uh, We're going to talk about socialism. We always have to talk about socialism because it is being romanticized with our children and and with with our neighbors and with our coworkers. And we have to remember that socialism is force. Now, basically, they may use force because they say it's for the children or for it's it's for the climate. But underlying it's force. If it's if it's something that really is a good idea, we should not have to use force. And so the questions out there when we have our, are having these conversations is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. There is nothing social about socialism. And it is never compassionate to take other people's rights, to take their property or their freedoms via force, whether it's with a weapon, with policy, or unpredictable and overtaxation. And frequent guest, a millennial, Ph.D., Stephen Kessler, has us ask three questions. These are three questions that are good to have when we are talking to people. First of all, do you have any skin in the game? So are you out there advocating that we take care of the children by taking money from your neighbor and giving it to somebody else? And uh, many of those people that are advocating that are taking a little cut as the money goes by. So do you have any skin in the game? Are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? And you felt good, but did you do good? And so we are seeing a a socialization via policy in transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. Steve, these are the things that help people thrive and prosper. If those things, uh, they don't have to worry about them and you're living, you know, not at war, you're at peace, then people are free to go after those things that are are in the Constitution, go uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And uh, so before we get into all this, I want to say thank you. Steve, you are an awesome producer. You know, I know that I give you grief sometimes, but I am really grateful for you. And the team, Zach. And you don't get the grief back? (laughs) Yeah, I do get the grief back. Two-way street. It is. So uh, greatly appreciate you. Greatly appreciate Zach. Great. uh, Patty and Keith, thank you for keeping this train on the track. I, I so appreciate you. And you, my listeners. 
uh, you, each one of you, you are treasured and you are valued and you are here. You have purpose in this life. And I greatly appreciate you as well. So, Steve, did you have any comments before I go into inspiration and our little uh, funnies? Operative word, funnies. <laughs> Uh, the first thing to mind when you open with the socialism thing, there's one notable individual out there we all know and love who's not speaking very warmly regarding socialism. As a matter of fact, now he's used two very visible, highly visible events to warn against socialism. You know who I'm speaking of? I bet I know. Who? Well, the former governor, Hickenlooper. Not he- only did he, you know, in that Democratic, whatever they call that hoo-ha in California two weeks ago, mm-hmm. did he warn and shake his finger. But I guess last night at the uh, debate, he was pretty pretty uh, in, in your face. You know what? I think that this is a strategy. And the strategy is is to move to the middle. If they can get some candidate to move to the middle, they, uh, I think that they're betting, uh, I think Hickenlooper is betting that the hatred for Donald Trump that uh, he's going to gain many of those votes just because there's so many people that hate Donald Trump. So if if he can appear that he's moving to the middle, I think it's uh, Gabbard uh, from Hawaii appeared that she was moving to the middle on the previous debate, the previous night. Uh, I think that it is a strategy because uh, most people, most people in America, I think, still value freedom. And I think Hickenlooper is playing to that. But, Steve, you have to look at the policies. You know, and he's going to tout that Colorado is in, a, is in a good situation. And I will submit to you that it is because of Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. Uh, that was an amendment that was put in the Constitution about 25 years ago by the people of Colorado. <clears throat> and basically what it says is, hey, government, hey, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, three things. If you want to raise our taxes... You just have to have the good manners to ask us. Ask us what we think as voters. If you want to go out and incur debt for us and for the next generation, you just have to ask us. And then they gave a very generous formula. It's it's a formula of uh, inflation plus uh, population. And uh, anything above that formula of tax revenues that have come in, if they want to keep those tax refunds, you just have to ask us. And uh, that is one of the things that I think has been so good for Colorado is it has kept government to some degree in check. Now, you've seen politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties with both R's and D's, and now, of course, U's behind their names, unaffiliated, that they don't want to ask us because they can't actually make that free market. They they don't want to have to make that free market um, question to us. They don't want to have to ask us. And so Hickenlooper, even though he is saying that he doesn't like socialism, under his administration and now Polis, we have seen the socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And so his policies uh, are social, uh, are, uh, you know, reek of socialism. But he's out there trying to play, I think, to to the middle. And I think he's betting on this um, this hatred of Donald Trump. And I think that he thinks that that's going to be a successful strategy. Steve, what do you think? Leave it to you to take the the passion, which I get too caught up in when it comes to politics. Leave it to you to take the passion or push it aside and get to the nitty gritty of what really is might be going on in John Hickenlooper's head. Mm-hmm. So I, I am amazed. I, you know, tip my hat. Oh, man, this is on radio. Okay, we got it. I like it. Back to Tabor. You know, I like the way every time you, you kind of break this down, you say all they have to do is ask us. 
Well, that's statesmanship. That is. And they don't have it. They They, cannot make the case, and they hate the transparency that Tabor, you know, inflicts on them. Yep. So let's let's be clear about why there's so much pushback on Tabor. Um, Very well said. Very well said. We don't have politicians. Or I'm sorry, we do. We do have politicians. We don't have statesmen. It's been a long time since we've had a statesman, and and even though he's a bull in a china closet. I think Trump is a statesman. I'm, I'm, I never would have dreamed it, but I think that he is. Um, but he is kind of a, a bull in a china closet kind of guy. But that's, you know what, that's, I think that's what we need right now because, man, the Casper Milktoast stuff has not worked, quite frankly. Mm. You need to find another Milktoast guy. <laughs> Based on a guest earlier this week. Well, um, and that, yeah, Casper Stockham is no Casper Milk Toast, that's for sure. No, no, not even close. Okay, I'll have to find another word on that. So, yeah, and and what Steve is referring to, if you haven't listened to the show all week, is is, um, bright and early on Monday morning, Casper Stockham was in studio, and uh, we were the first to have it. He has announced that he is running for Congress in CD6, and uh, so that's what Steve is referring to. So, okay. First of all, uh, we had talked a little bit about Denzel Washington yesterday with Kevin Sorbo, the actor. And Denzel Washington, first of all, you should go and Google his graduation speech. I think it was given in 2011. You want to be inspired? You, you should go Google that and take a look at that. So I thought, okay, for inspiration, we'll go to Denzel Washington. And he says this. He said, my faith helps me understand that circumstances don't dictate my happiness. Or my inner peace. And again, my faith helps me understand that circumstances don't dictate my happiness and my inner peace. Uh, and that's Denzel Washington. So I was, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Jim Lewis in segments three and four regarding mental health. And right now, mental health, it, it's no laughing matter. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm certain, I mean, I know there's good jokes out there about it, but I just couldn't really get to something really funny. But I was also looking at quotes for Charles Krauthammer, and I did think this was funny. And of course, Charles Krauthammer, before he became a, uh, you know, a, an author and, and a, commentar- a commentator on political and, and just ID, ideals and ideas, he, he was a, psych- a psychiatrist, so. Here we go. He said, Charles Krauthammer, he said, Washington is the only place in the world where a gaffe is when a politician accidentally speaks the truth. What do you think about that, Steve? <laughs> it doesn't happen very often either. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't see that very often. So, Okay, we're going to run through some headlines. My gosh, there is so much out there. So let's see if I, it, it would be amazing if I could get through all of them. I don't think I can, but I'm going to try. The amount of stuff that Patty gives us daily, there's, there's no way you're going to get through all of them. I, uh, I mean, I'll throw down the challenge, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you're probably right. So, Oh, you know what? And then it's really not going to happen because I have to tell you something. Yesterday, my youngest son came over to um, mow the lawn, and he, he comes in, and he goes, I almost had a heart attack. And uh, he said, there is a, a snake in the backyard. Now, we live in, you know, we live in Urbanville. This is not out in the boondocks or anything. And it wasn't a politician he was referring to. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a- no, we talk about snakes all the time, and I don't really like snakes that much. And uh, so uh, I said, okay. And so I went out, and, and this was a snake. It was, uh, and, and, you know, bull snakes kind of look like rattlers. I mean, I didn't think there'd be a possibility that there would be a rattler in my backyard. But, you know, you, you're a little nervous about it. 
So we thought, okay, we're going to get the broom handle and we're going to have it move on. You know, so we're kind of poking it and uh, had made sure that there were no rattles on the end. And uh, like I say, I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes that go to Washington. I don't like snakes that go down to the, the state capitol. And I don't like snakes in my backyard. So we were poking it, uh, trying to get it to move on, and it would not move on. And he said, Mom, I think, I think there's a nest around here. You know what? I think she's protecting something. And, um, and I'm like, great. Because I was planning this weekend, Steve, to go out and work in those trees and, and, and uh, you know, clean some bark up and pull some weeds. And I'm like, oh, man. So anyway, she slithered by. Steve, she was at least four feet long and she's uh, has uh, she's parked out in my backyard and um i don't like snakes but i tell you two things first of all she really was beautiful and uh, or is beautiful and secondly i was thinking about it even in nature that mothers protect their young here's a snake that clearly you know if, if she wasn't protecting something she would have been out of there but she's like make my day and she wasn't moving. And I thought, you know, then I go, I go to this whole abortion question right here in, in America with Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood has, has told so many young women a lie about abortion. And we are using government money to fund them. And then they go out and use that money and they play in uh, campaigns. They play in elections. And then uh, people get elected that then give them more money. But this is a big, big lie. And as I saw that that snake yesterday, that she's like, I'm not moving. I'm taking care of, of my stuff here. And I thought, in nature, this is so unnatural, what we are doing right now. And so this whole abortion debate is is coming back. It's it's front you know, front and center. And one of the reasons is is because of science. Uh, back in 1973, when Roe v. Wade was passed, we didn't have all these ultrasound machines. We didn't have a generation. Now, you know, this young generation is more pro-life than our generation. And the reason is, is because they've seen that little picture, you know, of their little brother or little sister, you know, an ultrasound that's up on the refrigerator. They're like, that is life. And so I thought, as much as I don't like having that snake in the backyard, I thought, what a beautiful message from, from nature that she is willing to, to say, make my day. I'm going to protect this. Steve, you have a comment? Oh, just simply this. We don't live that far apart uh, from each other. So please keep that down in your neck of the woods. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Don't send her over, huh? No. <laughs> but I haven't seen it, very many mice or spiders around my place lately, and that must be why. So, Okay, we're going to go to break here in just a minute. Can't wait to talk to Jim Lewis in segments three and four. But the Dodgers, the Dodgers, man, they are our nemesis. The Dodgers take the first game of a four-game series with the Colorado, and they beat the Rockies 12-8. to <laughs> There was a lot of action with the bats, though. And the series between the Rocks and the Dodgers continues tonight and throughout the weekend, and the Houston Astros come to town on Tuesday. I just, you look across the entire spectrum of Major League Baseball, American League, or National League, and I, as much as I dislike the Dodgers, sorry, Dave Keita, uh, you got to give them the credit. They've got the best record uh, across the board, and their statistics are just mind-numbing. Well, you think about it. The Rockies had eight runs. You know, normally if you score eight runs, you're going to win, <laughs> but not when the other side gets 12. So, hey, if you want this weekend, you know, we're coming into Independence Day week. It's going to be great fun. And the place to watch all the fun games is at Hooters. It's the spot to be this summer. You can enjoy their beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, 
delicious snow crab legs and this mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. My gosh, it is good. I, I can tell you because I never get any when I order it for the girls on Wednesday. So Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help us cool down. We're going to be having some great weather here. And I love this. Uh, if you dine in, they have nine items for 9 bucks. That's 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. And uh, they have nine delicious uh, um, items that you can choose from. So dine in for that. Or if you want to get some wings and take them home or have Grubhub or DoorDash or somebody deliver them to your front door, go to HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. They have all the information there. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. I would greatly appreciate that. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll finally get into some of those headlines. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Auto FireGuard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution and sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. Kim Munson looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We need to be having civil, reasonable conversations. And the only way you can do that is to know what you're talking about. If you don't know what you're talking about, then you start to yell and scream. And uh, so that is why we do this show, is to help empower you to have those kinds of conversations. Okay, we talked a little bit about Tabor, Steve. Did you see headline number one that Patty put together? It is from Colorado Politics, and it's a Tabor Tussle. The Colorado Supreme Court hears a case on whether fees or taxes. Now, the National Federation of Independent Business says that its Colorado Supreme Court case has exposed business licensing fees for what they are, taxes. And as taxes, they should be covered by the state's constitution's Taxpayers' Bill of Rights meaning the government can't raise them without asking you a vote of the people. It's a five-year-old lawsuit. It was heard by the state's high court on Tuesday, and a win for the NFIB could put Colorado's governing funds in a bind, they say, since taxpayers rarely approve new taxes on the statewide ballot. State government often turns to fees to pay its bills. In its lawsuit, NFIB argued that the Department of the State collects over $20 million annually from these charges. However, only a small portion of that revenue is used to cover the department's cost in collecting and managing these filings. Instead, the vast majority of that revenue, as much as 90%, is used to fund other unrelated functions within the department, most notably coordinating state elections and directly funding some local elections. These fees are in reality a tax. It's money raised and spent for the general expenses of government. And as such, the Colorado Constitution requires that voters authorize this tax. And because no such approval was obtained, the charge amounts beyond that necessary to cover the costs of managing the business filings along with their authorizing statutes are unconstitutional. So what that basically means is a fee 
my understanding is the definition of a fee is that that money, so you say uh, in a, an example, we used to have this thing called a hospital provider fee. And so if you are collecting that fee, then that's supposed to go back to the entity for which you are collecting it for. So hospital, it was a bed tax. And the other thing was so stinky about that, Steve, is that in, in the legislation, it said that that fee would not appear on your bill from the hospital. So it's a hidden fee. They're collecting all kinds of money, but it's supposed to go back to the hospitals, okay? Well, what happened, let's see, was it 2017? That fee got repurposed uh, by the legislature. And so that no longer falls under all those rules. It was a very stinky thing. And I I can't remember. I want to say it was 267. I can't remember what the... Uh, Senate bill was exactly, but it was a very stinky thing. And unfortunately, both Republicans and Democrats made that happen. Of course they did. Uh, remind me again, Tabor's been in effect since when? Uh, it's about 25 years, 25, 26 years. Well, let's let's give them a, a little bit of credit in terms of their creativity of finding more, more ways to extract money out of the, you know, the population. So fees, obviously. Mm-hmm. Is a very clever thing to do and just hope that people don't catch on. But I, I keep going back to the a guest we had back in January, and the issue was uh, surrounding his utility bill. Seventy-some dollars was the total bill, but only 40 of that was for electricity. Where where'd the rest of it go? And that happens every month. Yeah, and, and uh, you've got your payroll taxes. I mean, it is amazing that people are still thriving and prospering. And these, you know what, it's just, it's greed, you know, it, it's agreed by these politicians and these bureaucrats and these interested parties. You know what? There's a courtesy in transparency and asking. And that's what tax, uh, that's what Tabor, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, was, was put in place to do. And it's disingenuous for them to try to go around that. Just ask us. But they know that we might say no. Well, all this brought to you by people whose mindset is government is the answer to everything, but we just need to find ways to pay for it all. And it is on, it's a nonpartisan uh, attitude on. And so you, you don't vote for people that are actually standing up and saying, wait a minute, I, as uh, your elected representative, realize that what we're here for is to protect your rights and that government needs to be limited. And that is a litmus test that we need to be talking about when we're looking at these, uh, these candidates. And, you know, the career politician, the longer they're there, the more that idea gets lost, that there, there's something noble in bringing, bringing controlling more, your life, bringing more government. Yeah, more control and, and intervention in your life. Yeah, and so let's move over. Then, then uh, that's in a way, it's kind of a, an interesting segue over to number two. And I've thought a lot about this because, again, we have Republicans and Democrats that think, quote unquote, under economic development, you know, bringing jobs in, that this is a really good thing. That we're going to give, you know, company A. Um, uh, I'm trying to think Helen Raleigh. She challenged me on how I said this exactly. Uh, Government doesn't give anything. I think that's what she says. Government takes things. And so they say to uh, business A, we're going to take less of your stuff. Or we're also going to uh, give you a kickback on the stuff that we are extracting from people. And then uh, company B over here doesn't get those same t- those same bre- uh, breaks, and they do this under the guise of economic development, because quote unquote we want to bring jobs in. 
Well, Steve, when we pick winners and losers and we bring jobs in, you know, there is there's pressure and there's, there's stress on our roads. There's more congestion. Uh, it's There's pressure on our schools. So there's all kinds of things that cost us a lot more money, and people don't even think about those hidden costs. But uh, we had talked about this earlier this week. Complete Colorado reported this. The petition to exclude Shields All Sports from Colorado Springs Business Improvement District is withdrawn. In a surprise move, InterQuest North Business Improvement District uh, attorney Russell Dykstra withdrew a petition pre- uh, previously submitted by developer InterQuest Marketplace LLC to exclude the new Shields All Sports store from the district. The developer had been trying to get the footprint of the store itself, not including the surrounding parking lot and streets, excluded from the district which, if it had been successful, would save Shields nearly half a million dollars every year in property and public improvement taxes. So they withdrew that, and uh, he says the intent of withdrawing the petition, this is their attorney, at this time is to allow additional opportunity for the petitioners and InterQuest North Business Improvement District to further evaluate the overall financial structure of the project and the public improvements yet to be built and financed by the district and the impact of the exclusion. So, uh, you know, if if this comes in, you know, and, and I know, again, they're talking about economic development, uh, creating jobs, creating tax revenue. But right there, you have infrastructure that has to be put in place. There is a cost to that. And who's going to pay for that if, in fact, this business that is going to benefit from that is excluded from the business district? So, my friends, when we have politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that are picking winners and losers, that's another smell test on a deal is uh, if, if in fact, uh, it's, it's indicating that government is a barrier to business because if they have to get business to come in and to uh, take less of, of whatever from that business, that means that government is being a barrier. So how about let's lower those barriers for everybody? I think that's a good idea, Steve. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ask Jason McBride what he thinks about it. Uh, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, what do you think about uh, picking winners and losers, uh, government doing that? I think in most cases, whether it's in this one or others, the more the government just gets the heck out of the way and lets the free market pick the winners and losers, the better off we're going to be. Well, you know, we're coming into Independence Day week. You sound like a patriot. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate it. Now, you're not calling me a New England patriot, are you? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Yes, I'm I'm excited. Now, my uh, my wife and kids are actually going to be in Cleveland, if you can believe it. And my son and I, we finally figured out a good use for the new light rail station. Uh, you know, it's like three or four stories high there, uh-huh. Kim. So we're going to go and, uh, you know, take the, the truck up there, play some uh, music and watch the fireworks from the top of the uh, parking garage. <laughs> and at least they'll be used for something. You know what? Uh, it, uh, government spent a lot of money to make that happen. It used to be that people just go to a, like a hill and watch the yeah. fireworks. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. So, hey, but there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, we've talked about uh, the labor participation rate, which you've explained to us, and the unemployment numbers just came out. Um, so they were, I don't know, what do you think about them? Well, what I what I was thinking, Kim, is the unemployment numbers are very low. They were, you know, stayed at 3.6%. For a couple of uh, months now, that's the estimate for next month. Uh, the labor participation rate is at 62.8%. But 
Well, here, here's where I was going with this is, you know, we get a lot of talk that we need to let more people into the country uh, to fill these uh, jobs that are not being filled because we've got something like uh, 7 million job openings and, uh, you know, only 6 million unemployed. So there's a, a million dollar shortfall or a, a million, million person. person shortfall of potential people to fill the jobs. But I completely disagree. Uh, you know, you look at the labor participation rate at 62.8%. We have a very large pool of people that could potentially fill those jobs from right here in America. And now if the participation rate starts going up, you know, it could, it could make the, the jobless rate look higher at the same time. But you've just got to understand how the numbers work, and I, I would certainly rather uh, fill those jobs from a pool of Americans than from, you know, bringing in people from other countries, especially illegal ones. Well, for sure. And, you know, Jason, we have talked about it many times. One of the most compassionate things that a person can give to another person is a job because there's such right. dignity in work. And uh, so thanks. You know, I, I had heard those um, those unemployment numbers, and I thought, I can't wait to ask you and see what you think about that. So I greatly appreciate it. Well, that's no problem. And, and I guess the last quick point I would make uh, I don't know if it's realistic to expect that we're going to get unemployment numbers, you know, much lower than 3.6. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, bounce back up to four, down a little bit here and there, I mean, uh, you know, the, the media will jump on it as if Trump's failing if we go from 3.6 to 3.8 or even up to four. Mm -hmm. But But this is considered pretty much full employment as far as uh, the way the numbers work. And I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you get too much lower, but I'd like to see us get to zero. I think that'd be fantastic. I, I, that would be fantastic. It's, it's a noble goal. That is for sure. So, so Jason McBride, um, wishing you a great, uh, you know, as we're moving into Independence Day this next week, it's going to be a yep. lot of fun. So uh, wish you a, a great day and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you on Monday. Sounds great, Kim. Have a good show. Oh, thanks so much. And that is uh, that was Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. And uh, for more information about Jason, go to chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And so we're going to go to break. And uh, he is back, Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And we're talking about mental health, good mental health. And uh, so we're going to continue this conversation, and it is going to be rich. So be sure and stay tuned. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com. 
You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation, and I am thrilled to be having a conversation with Jim Lewis. He's a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And, uh, Jim, these conversations about mental health, I am learning from you, and they are they're, they're rich with just great information. So welcome back. It's great to have you here. Well, good morning, Kim. It's really good to be talking again. Uh, first of all, we have talked about what is good mental health. You know, when these tragic things happen in our society, we, we start saying mental health, and then you see people that are, are going to government and saying we want more money for mental health, and, and, you know, people don't like, I mean, we're so concerned about it. I mean, the STEM school shooting, I mean, we want to do something. But uh, I think that there's some underlying uh, problems with that. And, and uh, people can go back and hear the other shows where we talked about good mental health. And one thing, Jim, when I asked you that first question, and you said nobody's ever really asked me that question. And that's one of the <laughs> yeah. first things that we have to talk about is what is good yeah. mental health. That's, that's fascinating. I mean, uh, Dan Siegel, one of my favorite scholars in neurobiology, says, you know what? Uh, nobody's ever talked about what the mind is. <laughs> He's talking to 500,000 people at a time. He asks people to raise their hands. Have you ever heard a definition of mind? So, yeah, mental health is hard to describe. Yeah. Um, but let, if people want to hear that, they can go back to the past broadcast because we've got some important information. We're going to try to get through three points here. Uh, and the first one that you had mentioned, you said that mental health can be seriously misused, but it's a real thing. So explain yes. that. Well, mental health is sometimes a, a code word for what's your excuse now. So I didn't do anything wrong. I was just wounded as a child. So it's often misused that way. And uh, often we hear left-leaning people wanting to throw money at school programs. So if we can just indoctrinate people to... Uh, talk to each other in a certain way or right certain social wrongs, then you won't have any mental illness and people won't do bad things. And they forget all about what's inside the human heart. The prophet Jeremiah said, the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the answer to that question, of course, is only God can know it. Back in the 70s, Carl Menninger, he's not even a Christian, so this isn't just Christian hype. Carl Menninger was a member of a whole family of psychiatrists. He was a psychiatrist himself, and he established a hospital. But he wrote a book called Whatever Happened to Sin? And he was saying we can psychologize our way uh, into total confusion where we don't recognize that people do bad things because they choose to do bad things. So that's how it's been misused. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that is, that is so interesting that, that if you say to yourself, I can't, you know, I did this because that's the way I was born or that's the way I, I am. I think it takes a lot of hope away from how to live yes, a life. Absolutely. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Because I work with a lot of couples where one of the partners has had an affair, 
And sometimes the lying and, and the hurtful things that a person does when they're having an affair will, will just break your heart. And until that person can say, I, what I did was wrong and I made that choice, they have no hope. But I'll tell you what, when they do own up to how egregious the sin was, then we can start working on healing. And there is a lot of grace and there is a lot of science behind helping people get over that. But as long as they're saying XYZ made me do it, then that's right on the money that there's no hope. Okay. Okay. Do you think that okay, that first point that we wanted to make, do you think that we've covered that enough? Can we move on to number two? Sure. Okay. Number two, you mentioned that Christianity pr- promotes mental health uh, in ways that secular humanism does not. Uh, and you've right. put together this amazing uh, explanation here. So, so take us through that. Okay. So in one of our earlier shows, I was describing mental health as a combination of security, responsibility, and flexibility. Flexibility meaning I can adapt to whatever is happening to happening with me and around me and find a constructive way to deal with that. And so I've been reflecting on how Christianity actually addresses all of those three things, like, for instance, security. Romans chapter 8 talks about how there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, and nothing can separate us from the love of God, and how we are predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. So God holds us very firmly. In in John 10, uh, Jesus says that I am the shepherd, and I have never and I never will lose a single sheep. You know, and and Jim, there is something that is so important in that, and and to our young people, uh, I I I want people to understand um, that you each one of you has value, and you are treasured, and you are, are you know have purpose here, oh, and. Yeah. And so we may look at human relationships, and humans are humans. And, you know, as, as much as we may try, we mess up. We mess up in our relationships. Uh, and sometimes I think people feel very unloved. Uh, I just, yesterday, a, a good friend of mine just shared that somebody uh, that is close to her, their, their son took his life this last weekend. Oh. And I just want to say, you are treasured and you are valued and you have purpose. But when I have yeah. Roberta Sutton on, who uh, has written this book, What You Don't Know That Your Kids Don't Know, uh, she does mm-hmm. a, a lot of substitute, substitute teaching in one of the metro school districts here. Uh-huh. And she was uh, teaching one of the English classes on literature. And she looked, there were no books of, uh, of Shakespeare. Of course, you cannot read the Bible for sure in school anymore, but none of the great yeah. books were there. And so she asked about it, and they said, we are only reading literature from the last 15 years. So they're, they're, you know, all of history, they're not reading that. But she said that everything is so dark. And um, I had Kevin Sorbo on yesterday, uh, the Hollywood actor. He was, you know, in the movie God's Not Dead. And, uh, you know, so many of these big blockbuster movies, they're dark. There's destruction. And um, so when people start thinking about that, what, what you're just describing here is the God of the universe, the creator of everything, said yes. you are of so much value that I'm going to come down and overcome sin and overcome death. And yes. man, if you don't think you're valuable, just, just listen to that message. That'll, that'll get you going. Absolutely. And 
when we become the ultimate end of anything, there's something deep in our hearts that we can't resist, even if we deny it, that says, is this all there is? And we originally started talking about mental health because of the STEM shootings. Mm -hmm. And I am certainly no expert on what was going on with those guys or with anybody else that uh, does that kind of thing. But the pattern that I observe from where I sit is an absolute emptiness and this uh, determination, I'm going to make a difference somehow. I'm going to matter even if it's causing pain that lasts for decades but I have to matter somehow. Well, and Jim, to that, that talks about purpose. And purpose yeah. can be, so everybody wants to have purpose. Purpose can yeah. be used nefariously, yeah. or it can be used for good. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay. Anything more on security? You said, and you have down here, attunement, empathy, and confidence. When you know that you, you matter, that you are treasured and valued, you can have confidence in living your life. Absolutely. So, and that includes empathy. Empathy is the idea of being able to see what's happening inside the other person and feel it along with them. And, of course, when we hurt each other, that's absolutely absent. You have domestic violence where the the thing that is lacking the most is a sense of empathy. And we learn from the scriptures that God is the author of empathy. He, He says for those who belong to Christ, The Holy Spirit is always speaking for us, even when we can't put things into words. And then Jesus Christ himself intercedes for us, and God searches the hearts. God the Father searches the hearts. So it's the most beautiful picture of perfect empathy. And then he tells his followers to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. So powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. By the way, Kim, I wanted to point out something to you. I I came up with this description of mental health, and it might seem as though I just looked at Christianity and then formed a list from that. So, of course, the Bible backs up that definition of Christianity. But I came up with that description of mental health from some of two of the most important psychological theories that I use in my work. It, it isn't even it doesn't even come per se, from Christianity. One is the acceptance and commitment therapy, and the other is attachment therapy. And that's where that outline came from. But the more I looked at it, the more I could see that Scripture is just exploding with just this very thing. Isn't that interesting how... Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's fascinating. You know what, Jim, let's go to break. And when we come back, let's continue on. Uh, This conversation is just so rich. I'm talking with Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. And before, just a quick question, you know, you, um, there's a number of counselors there. And if you have a young person that, you know, needs some help on mental health, uh, you said that you've got people that actually specialize with young people there at Southwest Counseling Associates, right? Oh, yes, they do. What is that phone number there? Uh, 303-730-1717. And you want extension 220. That's our intake coordinator, Joel. Okay. And again, that's 303-730-1717, extension 220. If you have somebody that you think, you know, is struggling in in their life right now, 
I would highly recommend that you reach out to Southwest Counseling Associates. Uh, this is where Jim Lewis, he's uh, with them. And we're going to go to break, and then we will continue on with this very important conversation on mental health. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 28th through Thursday, July 4th, features will include Toy Story 4, Godzilla, and Aladdin. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, Americhicks.com, and sign up for my emails. Uh, Thrilled to have on the line with me Jim Lewis. He is a licensed professional counselor with Southwest Counseling Associates. Uh, If you have someone that you're concerned about in your life, uh, they are a great place to go, whether or not it's a young person or an adult. Uh, Call 303-730-1717. That's 303-730-1717, extension 220. That is the intake uh, extension. Okay, Jim Lewis, um, when we get off, I'm going to have to get you scheduled again for next month because uh, we need to continue, and, and there's so much information on what you sent over here. So, I'm going to ask you to lead me. Where where do you want to go regarding this conversation right now? Well, I, I wanted to touch on those other two factors of mental health and just a couple of ideas about how Christianity uh, provides for those uh, factors. And the thing to point out about that, too, is that Western society, which is so much maligned nowadays, actually has been based so extensively on these Christian, Judeo-Christian principles that Western society actually promotes mental health. And so it isn't just you have to join a church and become a Christian in order to be mentally healthy. I'm just saying that the ultimate expression of mental health, I think, is in what God does with his people and what we do with each other. So, you know, we had talked about security, responsibility, flexibility. So here are a couple of examples of how the Bible promotes accountability. Uh, Romans 14 talks about how every one of us will answer to God, who is our master. talks about 
uh, in Second Corinthians 5, it talks about an awards banquet that's going to happen at the end of time. So it's called the judgment seat of Christ, but it's not so much a trial as it is an awards banquet. And, and all that we've done with our lives as believers will be brought up and tested to see what kind of reward does that does that merit? And so knowing that, we're automatically motivated to want to deserve honor at that time. And Ephesians 4 tells us, after it has this amazing description of what God has done for us, he says, now you guys live in a manner worthy of what you've been called to be. You've been called to belong to Christ. So live in a manner worthy of that. So the idea is that we answer to somebody, but we answer to somebody that we care about. And that's mental health in, in its ultimate form, I think. Okay. And along with that is a sense of purpose. So we're here not to make our kids the smartest people in the world. We're not here to climb as high as you can go on the ladder, but to glorify God and to serve each other. But so, Jim, and one of the things, though, is when you strive for this, uh, yeah. you could also say striving for excellence, yeah. uh, you know, typically, I mean, things happen to people. Life happens. But when you are, are living a life worthy of that, Typically, you know, good things happen. And, and so if you want to climb that ladder, you know, if you're doing a job well, typically somebody will recognize that and you will get promoted. So it seems like it's all interrelated. And so if you get everything in the proper order, then you live, um, you live a very purposeful life of excellence. Does, does, does that make you know, sense? Kim, I got to say that's a brilliant point. Oh, Steve, I did wish you hear I that? Had said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true. I would never want to give the impression that no, you shouldn't try to move up the ladder. That's not it. But absolutely right. When we're living the way we're called to live as as believers, then we probably will be recognized because that does promote uh, that kind of. Uh, that kind of recognition. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, I come up with one, Jim. So, okay. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so should we move to flexibility? You betcha. I... I think that's one of the most important ones, and it's not something that would float to the top of somebody's mind automatically. But as you were just saying seconds ago, things happen, and they don't always make sense. I'm talking to Christians, non-Christians, people of all kinds of beliefs. When something bad happens to them, 90% of the time it's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, Why? This shouldn't have happened to me because Mm -hmm. bad things shouldn't happen to me. Well, guess what? They do. And it doesn't mean that you have to drop your arms and, and go into a fetal position under the bed. Flexibility means, okay, I know that kind of thing happens too, and I can find a good way to respond to it. I am not helpless. I am not a victim. Jim, these conversations have been so good, and I kind of had a, an aha. I I can be very uh, hard on myself. Sometimes uh-huh. I don't talk to myself uh, uh, nicely. It's like you could do better, or that was a mistake, or blah. You know, I mean, I don't think I'm alone. I think a lot of people do talk to themselves like that. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> but when you talked about flexibility, I, I realized and. 
I'll just give an example. Liberty Toastmasters, one of my friends who I, I dearly love, she loves language and she she's uh, had, I was the Toastmaster and she had sent over her introduction and mm-hmm. I was in a hurry and I thought I printed the whole thing off, but I had not. And so I did not give the complete introduction and and she'd really worked hard on that. And, she, and you know, it was important. It was the introduction for her speech. And, um, you know, she was frustrated. And yeah. I felt really badly about it. And so I was kind of kicking myself, you know. And then I finally <laughs> said to myself, and I think this is really from our conversations on flexibility. I said, okay. I, I, uh, I think I texted her. I said, okay, I'm going to beat myself up for 20 more minutes, and then I'm going to let it go. And she texted back. She said, you don't have to wait for 20 minutes. But uh, I gave myself a limit. It's like I'm not going to go for days on this. I'm going to beat myself okay. up for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to move on. And I think yeah. so many of our young people, uh, I talked to a young person about that who was beating himself up on something. I said, you can, you can beat yourself up for 20 minutes, and then you move on. And I thought that that was kind of flexibility. What would you say? You know, that's really good. Uh, that used to be called a paradoxical intentions, where you, you don't want to beat yourself up, but you have this drive to beat yourself up because that's justice after all, you know. So mm-hmm. just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to beat myself up, but only this long. And so I think that's really smart. Okay. I mean, I would like to see that end up where it doesn't happen at all, but that's a good intermediate step. It's a step in the right direction. So, <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jim, we are, again, we're about out of, t- uh, out of time, and this com- these conversations are so important. But I think I would like to have you hit the very last point, and this is suggestions for Christians, because Christianity, you know, a lot of people look at Christians as judging. They're judging me, but talk about suggestions for Christians in this whole arena of mental health. Yeah, so the first thing I would suggest is we want to model love for each other and for the world, and that seems obvious. Everybody wants love, 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 but what we do so often is judge and complain, that's what actually happens in mm-hmm. the trenches. And we have to very intentionally model the kind of world that we want to live in. Uh, the second thing is show care and respect for legitimate issues of mental health. Mental health has been terribly abused. But Christians fall on the other side to where we say, ah, mental schmental. Mm-hmm. Just do what the Bible says and be a good person like me. And we really need Christians to understand that because this is a fallen world, people's minds do get sick. And so we need Christians that will step up and say, yeah, I want to help any way I can. And, yes, people do get sick, and, yes, they need compassion. Um, the, The third thing is cultivate discernment rather than adversarial labeling. Uh, you know, I'm as guilty as any anybody else talking about lefties. Mm-hmm. And I think there, there is a real, real serious issue going on on the left that, that frightens me and deeply concerns me. But we don't need the label so much as we need to have eyes that can see through the shell to the heart of the person. And be able to message this in a... Uh, as Paul says, in reasonable conversations. Uh, but yeah. you have to understand the issues. And like you say, it's it's easier to call a name versus take the time to understand the issue and engage in a conversation. 
So speak to that heart. Exactly. That's what Paul told the, the Colossians. He says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. Let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer every person. And it isn't to, to nail them and put them down. It's to touch the heart. Wow, and that's the last one that you had there. You said, complain less to each other and speak truth to the hearts of others. And yeah. um, my, these are these are ways to live a purposeful life as we engage with with each other. So we have uh, just about thirty seconds or so, Jim. What would be the the final thought that you'd like to leave with people? Oh boy, how do you wrap all that up? <laughs> uh, I what I've been thinking is I really like that line that you use for your show, dissecting issues, and I don't even right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Yes, right versus wrong. Versus right versus left, and that I think that is profoundly appropriate for this because we're not just pushing people to to become more conservative or even become more Christian. We're we're looking for what really heals people, and so people on the right and the left, uh, in or outside of the Christian church, can really. Uh, push themselves in that direction. So that, okay. that would be my final thought. Okay, Jim Lewis, we'll get you back. You're with Southwest Counseling Associates. Thank you so much. And uh, our quote for today, Denzel Washington, he said, put God first in everything you do. Everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. I didn't always stick with him, but he stuck with me. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth justice in the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.